spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. And welcome to another episode of Pixels, the game, the show where we talk about games and not the game where we talk about shows. That could be fun. That'd be a good game, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like podcasters live your dream of being a podcaster in this wonderful PlayStation 1 game. There's so many tube hero type simulators, aren't there? Where it's like, you two could be a YouTuber and it's just, you know, (laughs) it's like, uh, it's like game dev tycoon only videos so do youtubers and play uh yeah there YouTubers? is a surprising yeah. amount of people who who do that it sounds and, like uh, that would be a game more successful in game <laughs> than they are in real life yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it seems like that would be one of those games designed for streamers wouldn't yeah. it mm. yeah uh, so I'm Patrick Beja. We're going to be talking about a little bit of God of War reviews, not God of War uh, itself. We're going to be talking about PlayStation 5, a uh, few impressions on a couple of uh, games, and then some additional news. And uh, with me to do all of this is Mark Turpin. How's it Hello. going, Turpster? Say again? How's it going, Turpster? Oh, I was it asking. Uh, it's going good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So, it's a nice day, sunny day in Bristol. Excellent. So I have uh, sunglasses it's, on. Well, I have so sunglasses it's the, on. the, the, the one out of three sunny days you get. And we are year. happy to be spending <laughs> some of that indoors with you. <laughs> Talking uh, so about you. games. About Excellent. video games. Uh, so you're, you're a famous uh, YouTuber and CEO of a major YouTubing company. Um, surely you have played God of War from start to finish because you've been nope. invited by Snow. Nope. Okay, I've played a bit of it. I have, <laughs> um, but I've not. Uh, I've not played. Uh, I've played. I think about an hour, and it was a very good hour. Um, yeah. But then you know, I read these reviews, and oh, that's so. Cool. I, I'm trying to stay away from spoilers, but I will say uh, the impressions I'm getting between the the you know uh, the the scores it's getting and how effusive people are being on social media, it's one of the best reviewed games in a, a long time, and it's coming out in a I don't know three days now when we're recording, and uh, we might do a I, I might do a special to talk about it uh, next week because I don't want to wait two weeks to talk about it. We'll see if that happens. Um, but I might because it's a game I've been waiting for for a long time, and it seems like it's fulfilling many of its promises. Um, the the most critical I've seen people uh, talk about it was basically, uh, yeah, it's excellent. It's only excellent, you know, like it's it's in the 
80 90 range and not necessarily 95 which is its mm-hmm. average score on, i only um, climax once whilst playing so <laughs> i'm not sure how i feel uh so yeah i think it might be one of the games of the year for sure and maybe even, so the thing is from experience i'm pretty sure you, you'll confirm this but when uh companies send out review copies a week or two in advance for uh, reviewers to put their reviews out early enough before the game is released, it means they're very confident in their product. So it seemed like it would be uh, a good game, but I didn't quite expect people to be that positive about it. I'm almost bracing for disappointment now because people say it's so good. Um, But uh, so, yeah, it's kind of weird to talk about like reviews as if they were the game uh, or like news. But I guess in this case, it's so good that it kind of is. What do you think? They're, it's it's I, actually going to be good? They've or? always been a good games in the franchise, but I don't think any of them have been game of the year uh, or applauded in that sort of uh, vein. Um, I, I might be wrong. I, should, I, you know, I do have Google in front of me. I could have taken the time to type it in but i think I it might bother. have been game of the year for some people but Maybe. it's definitely not that kind of you know people are talking about uh generation defining and yeah like, it's the sort yeah. of thing that if you don't have a ps4 pro you should probably go out and buy one for this game uh, like it's 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 that level of like to to truly enjoy this amazing immersive beautiful uh you know stunning world uh and game that you want to play it on a big tv with the best console you can afford you know it's it's that it's that it's that level of of, yeah yeah yeah. it's kind of like for me you know halo 3 was the game that made me buy my first hd tv because i was like i'm so excited for this game i'm so hyped uh you know i want to do it i went out and bought it and i didn't regret it it was a great experience and it looked fantastic Mm. um and i i have actually looked at 4k tvs (laughs) like that's, in the that's, past week because you, yeah. you need it if you're going to be playing on ps4 pro i have neither yeah. i don't think i'm going to invest in those but um yeah it's it's gotten me to to look at it but um, yeah and i think i think it's 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 really great what we've what you'll notice with the kind of the sequels that have come out recently that have been applauded um or franchises that have come out recently that have been applauded they have moved away from the previous annual iteration where Every year we get a new version kind of, you know, it's almost like, you know, game mode plus one. Uh, and it's great to see that kind of companies are realizing that if they take a bit more time and invest a bit more money, that the the potential reward and payoff can be vastly, vastly more. Well, um, that's something we discussed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish no, 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 that's fine. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> it's, it's, something, it's something that we discussed when we were talking about the whole um, loot box controversy. We were saying that uh, companies have moved away from the, the mid-tier uh, titles. Like, we, we see a lot less titles. Most uh, publishers often publish, like, 15, 20 games a year, and now they've brought it down to maybe five or six, and they bet a lot more on those games. Um, so I think there's definitely a tendency to... Uh, make higher quality products and not necessarily try to to go with 
quantity and make sure you have quality. Now, obviously, they're not always successful, um, but this God of War really seems like it's gone even beyond that. It's it's bringing up. It's not just. And I said this often, so I'm, I apologize if if some listeners have heard me say this a few times. But there's. You know, Gears of War, for example, I always take that example, or Halo even, and it's not to hate on, on the Xbox brand. I, you know, have nothing but love for, for that brand. But those titles were uh, took a long time to make, the latest iterations, but they were so similar to the previous ones that they were good for the fans, but didn't really uh, change a lot of the perception of the the. the franchises god of war seems like it's going the extra mile in making a cinematic storytelling uh, experience that is that has grown pretty much as we as gamers and developers uh, have grown with the, the series from 10 or 15 years ago and making it into come bringing it into adulthood and making more of a, a, a serious slash artistic statement with the game which very few, actually not many games uh do so there's a tremendous amount of hope riding i think on on this title and i i'm gonna be honest i was surprised that so many people were so positive about it um mm. i mean it's like it's 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 i i loved the the previous three um and i think i'm you know i'm excited to sit down and play it from start to finish yeah me too because uh, it looks like an extremely fun and rewarding uh campaign so yeah and and i mean the previous three were you know stab stab uh, uh eviscerate uh lay in beds and bathtubs with uh naked ladies and haha look at that it's so it's so racy and, yeah well and this yeah one, and, and i mean you had those sort of uh kind of shadow of the colossus style massive fights against of course, titans of course. and you know it was, but i mean it the was, tone was adolescent yeah. right the, the tone yeah. was very and in this one it's i mean we are both fathers now so that also i guess plays into it a little bit with the theme of the game and anyway so we'll see i don't want to you know i'm as i said i'm almost getting to a point where i'm sort of bracing myself for disappointment because it's been praised so much <laughs> the hype is so, too high yeah a little bit yeah, too it's high infinity but, um, war danger isn't it you're like oh uh, yeah. you know <laughs> The the two wars of uh, April, I'm staying away from spoilers for. So yeah. that's God of War and Infinity War. And both of them are coming, you know, one next week, this week and another one next week. I can't, like, I can barely... You're a lucky man. Uh, it's all happening. You're yeah. alive at this time. Just think, if you were born in the, in the 1800s, you wouldn't <laughs> witness either of these events. That, that would know? have been too bad, indeed. And equally, um, just pay extra attention when you cross the roads. For the next two weeks, <laughs> know, because yeah. wouldn't it be a? Oh, could you imagine? Oh, I, I, you okay. Oh. I know I'm I'm like super full of OCD and stress, but I have actually had that exact thought. I was like, <laughs> I really must be careful about everything. Like for the next two week, if, weeks, if I, I like see that. That is, Infinity that is well. War, that that I can I can probably die a little bit happier than if I hadn't. So I should probably yeah, make sure. I, I, I like that. Yeah, as you established, we're both we're both dads. <laughs> we both have dependence but truth be said i really want to make it through that kind of two and a half hour film uh, yeah, before yeah. anything you know, no, bad I mean, happens to me not to not to you know uh, uh diverge too much from the point but infinity war is the culmination of something that 
you know, our childhoods. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like, decade in the making. 18 and, movies. No, but I, it's not one... just, I mean, it's the things I was reading as a geek when I was mm. 10 and 12 years old and, and being shunned for, well, not being shunned for, I didn't live in the US, but it was... <laughs> Wow. I mean, it, well, you know, the cliques, they're not as bad uh, in Europe, at least in France. But it's its kind of the... Uh, 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 an, and I know some people don't like formulaic Marvel movies, but I think it's a, a, an artistic and pop culture achievement that is unprecedented. And I, 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 I am incredibly excited for all of this. But um, all right. Anyway, God of War reviews are exciting and we'll talk about the game uh very soon because it's coming out soon um playstation 5 is in the news again Um, really how is it it's not out it's not even announced uh, the rumors uh apparently so there's there's been news that uh people have been getting developers have been getting dev kits so some people started speculating that it might come out relatively soon because the dev kits were out and so that means that when they're out in that uh, in these numbers and these amounts then it means that it's probably out in x number of months and probably 2019 that's unlikely the latest news we're getting i mean i never quite believed 2019 but uh, the latest news we're getting are putting it towards 2020 which makes a little bit more sense um we're getting you know uh, temporary uh, specs and stuff like that. It's probably going to be AMD. It's still going to be x86, so compatible with uh, PC systems, which means it's the same systems as the PlayStation 4 and uh, Xbox for that matter. But it's it's it seems to me that it might be ready in 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if it was pushed to 2021 because the thing is, there's just no challenge to the PS4 right now. If something changes that comes challenge the PS4, it might still come out 2020, but seven years is a little bit less than it was for last generation. It was eight years last time. And I think Sony would like to keep their lead, you know, their established situation as long as they can before they hit that, you know, generation change reset button. And uh, it's also quite certain that we're going to get physical media. So disc, uh, obviously, and it's still going to be a traditional console. Um, Max Mark Cerny is back at the helm for the design of the PlayStation 5. He did a great job with the 4, so no reason to not repeat it there. Um, I guess the the only thing that's, that the systems kind of seem to confirm is if it's x86 architecture, it's probably going to be backwards compatible with PlayStation 4 in a more reliable manner than what has happened uh, in previous generations. No forwards compatibility, though. I, I really don't expect, I mean, I would absolutely not expect PlayStation 5 games to be playable on PlayStation 4. That would me make it into no. an Xbox One X kind of thing. But, yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, that would be very strange. But equally, I mean, what's, what's what we've seen with the Xbox um, kind of uh, push to get the uh, 360 catalog playable on the Xbox One uh, and and the X, it's really uh, helped them a lot in terms of uh, content drought. You know, yeah. there, there's all of these fantastic games that aesthetically might not be as shiny as some of the, the more recent releases, but still stand up extremely well. Um, and so it's it's I think backwards compatibility is 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 super important when it comes to uh, a, a new console. 
because um, unless you have a, a God of War 6 that's coming out or a Breath of the Wild or something that's going to be like, oh, wow, I need to get this new console because this new game that is phenomenal is on it. Um, even then, it's a much harder ask than you're saying, like, look, there's a really good game and all your old games are going to work on it as well. Uh, you know, so you've got, you know, hundreds of games you can play day one. I think that's something that is very important at the beginning. But as we've seen, you know, PlayStation 3 games weren't available on PlayStation 4, and that didn't stop it from becoming a, a massive success at a time, if you remember, 2013, where a lot of people were wrongly predicting that consoles were going away and that, you know, mobiles and all of that crap was going to replace it. I think it was a lot of tech journalists who didn't really understand gaming who thought that, but still. Um, but in this case... What it does for um, for Sony, I mean, the previous generation you had parity between uh, Microsoft and Sony, so it was it could have been important, and there was more of a battle. Here, what the PlayStation Five does is that it's a reset button. If Microsoft does something around the Xbox at the same time, then it, you're off to the races again. Although Microsoft, I think, kind of d dug itself into a wall with the Xbox One X uh, coming out after the uh, PlayStation Pro, because then they can't really put out an Xbox One, you know, Xbox Two, or whatever the next generation might be, at the same time as the PlayStation 5, if it comes out in 2020, because it's too soon after the Xbox One X, especially since it was so expensive, it is so expensive, and uh, so much more powerful than the Xbox One, whereas the PlayStation 4 Pro is just kind of a slight step above the PlayStation uh, for the regular one. Um, the other thing is, well, actually, that might be an argument to put out the uh, PlayStation 5 earlier, because then you sh kind of short circuit the uh, competition, the Microsoft competition, But because, as I said, they can't really put out another console so close to the Xbox One X. So if you put out the PlayStation 5 in 2020, you can kind of ensure that you're the only next real next-gen player in the game for a couple of years or maybe a year. And if you have, and that's where I come back to your point, backwards compatibility, then it plays into it because you have mm. you already have the entire catalog. If the backwards compatibility is properly done, which it will be because we have PC systems in all of these consoles right now, um, then you have the gigantic catalog. There is no reason not to buy, well, except for price, but there's no yeah. re real reason not to buy a PlayStation 5, which I suspect might kind of replace the PlayStation 4 Pro. And the PlayStation yeah. 4 uh, gets a slight price cut, and then you have a, a very well-structured a market offering so yeah maybe obviously the longer you leave it the cheaper the tech becomes so yeah. uh, from a from a profit margin side of things they want to hold off as long as they can because they'll make more for each unit sold um, or lose less depending right. on where they price it yeah i think you're right i mean overall i think there's less pressure to uh, release the PlayStation 5 than to not release it. Uh, the, the dominance they have over the market means that they can take their time. Uh, and as we said, the only pressure to release it in 2020 would be if they want to, uh, you know, basically, I was going to say stick a knife in, in the uh, Xbox uh, console a little bit more, but maybe the knife is already there. They want to wiggle it to hurt a bit more um, as soon as possible. But... 
We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's talk about a couple of games we've been playing. I'm going to talk about Moss, the VR PlayStation game, in a, just a little bit. But you wanted to talk a, a bit about uh, the new Hearthstone expansion. We, we don't always, I mean, even not often, talk about uh, uh, Blizzard expansions and stuff in this show. Partly because sometimes we do. I'm not saying we don't always, but um, mm. partly because I'm so attached to Blizzard that I feel I shouldn't talk about them too much for fear of not being objective. <laughs> um, and and partly because it's usually expansions and stuff like that, and we try to focus on new releases. But uh, it's been a while since we talked about Hearthstone, and the latest expansion just came out last week called mm-hmm. Witchwood. Um, I we were talking a little bit before the show started recording and you it's i seem to understand you're not super happy about well, what's happening I, I, in hearthstone i am and i'm and i'm not and it's, it's it's a strange one i i love i love hearthstone and i love witchwood i think it's you know it's got some fantastic new archetypes in there um decks are different to play with uh because of a few key new mechanics and, and cards and stuff so that's, yeah they seem very really inventive in the kind of mechanics they were yeah. uh, putting together I mean, they, they, they've the the odd and even deck archetypes that they introduced um, basically are, are just super smart in that they they almost create uh, they they reduce the the cards in play uh, in the standard rotation because you can only use the even cards or the odd cards um, if you're running one of those archetypes. So all of a sudden, you see a lot more card variants, even though you're playing in theory with the same allotment of cards. You've just elected to make an odd deck or an even deck because of these very powerful legendary cards that mm. will change your hero power. For, uh, for so those they, who don't know, really smart for those who don't know, that system is that one of the cards is a legendary card that does a specific, uh, has a specific effect. If you only have uh, odd cost cards in your deck, so the mana cost, odd cost cards, cards in your deck or even cost cards in your deck. So it kind of forces you to select a certain, uh, inside a certain pool of cards and uh, it's very different from when you just have the freedom to choose every card you have in your deck in your collection yeah um so the the thing i was chatting about before though um to to you patrick was um i'm just i'm not sure if i'm right in saying this but i feel like i want to ask the question of is blizzard still the same blizzard that is it's ready when it's ready in that there are a lot of weird bugs in the game that feel like they weren't necessarily like, I don't know how hard it is to catch all the bugs. And I don't know equally, honestly, thinking back to early, um, you know, Blizzard games, how bug free they were, even when we were very much like, Oh yeah, ready when it's ready stands up. Um, but like it's, it's, it's strange. For example, they introduced a new card um, called uh, Camellius, which is a, a one mana one, one, uh, priest card and basically it changes into each turn it will change into a copy of a card that's in your opponent's hand so it's really smart and it will show you turn by turn cards that are in your opponent's hand that equally you can then choose to play that card that turn if you if you think actually oh i've got a really good one you know that you know this is useful but equally the information it gives you in terms of like oh He's got this sort of AOE in his hand. I better not overcommit my thing now. Or, or maybe now's the time to push because I see he's got this. So he's going to play this in two turns time and all, all of that sort of thing. So very interesting mm. card. Um, but for example, it's got a really weird bug where by it will retain 
uh, attack values and mana discounts um, from some of the cards it changes into depending on what you've got going on in your hand. So, Ooh. for example... That can be um, really game-breaking. Well, yeah. So, for example, if it changes into a uh, a, a hero card, so they introduced in um, the uh, uh, Frozen Lich Throne. King, Frozen Lich Throne, King, yeah. yeah. In 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 uh, in that uh, what was it called? Uh, Knights of the Knights Frozen of Throne. the Frozen Throne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it introduced these new Death Knight hero cards. Um, but it, you can actually then have if you if it's done incorrectly or you know with this bug, you can have a permanent attack value on your hero. So then each turn you can attack as if you have a weapon uh, and kind of oh, hit wow. things on the board. And it just seems like, you know, that, that feels like something that is fairly easy to, to test and or discover. And I, again, this is speaking from a layman perspective. I don't really, truly, obviously, you know, no matter how big your testing team is, you can never put in the same number of man hours as the first hour when, you know, 20 million people around the world are playing your game. Um, right, because it might seem like it happens every time you, you transform into a hero card, but then really there's a number of conditions that have to be met in order for that to happen, and yeah. it doesn't. it's not as systematic as you might think when you're getting it, but yeah. Mm. But even down to, for example, um, Shadow Reaper Anduin, one of the, uh, the, the priest Death Knight hero card, it's Battle Cry, it, it destroys all minions with five or more attack when you play it. And so, for example, people have discovered that if you have uh, Camellius and you have an attack value on Shadow Reaper Anduin over five, as much as it's a hero card, when you play it, it will actually kill you because you are <laughs> over five attack. It is so like it's it's crazy, it's funny, it's weird, but it's like, hang on, this this kind of feels like it shouldn't happen, but. So Maybe, basically, yeah. you, you hate Blizzard now, and you think they're a trash company, and you don't oh, have to want to ever, anything to do with them ever again. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's. Um, I think it's there, there's a few other kind of bugged interactions with Camellius and uh, Voodoo Doll. So Voodoo Doll is a new one mana. Is it one mana? I think it's a it's a one one. Uh, it's a three mana one one, and it has a battle cry. You choose a minion. And then when the voodoo doll dies, its death rattle is to destroy the chosen minion. So it's a really cool removal where you play a friendly minion that you want to kill or, you know, your opponent doesn't want to kill because if it does, it'll kill his one. You know, it's a fun little mechanic. But mm. that, again, uh, if Camellius gets that and then a hero card, things get really wonky. Um, so, But it seems like yeah. they're, the, the bugs are concentrated over a couple of cards though it's not well, like you I, I, think, them, no? I think again well even then so then the the bigger thing is they they introduced a new card called um shadowwalk uh which is a new nine mana shaman card that repeats all of the friendly battle cries that have occurred in that game so okay. every single card you play that has a battle cry so for example there's there's one called saranite chain gang uh which is a i think it's five mana maybe or four mana uh it's a it's a two three with taunt um, and its battle cry is summon a copy of this minion. So then it, you get two two threes with taunt. And if you play that, and then later in the game you play Shudderwalk, you get Shudderwalk copies itself because it just creates a copy. So it's a very powerful thing when comboed with the right battle cries. And um, basically, what people have discovered is that if you play the game long enough and you have the right cards, you get a, a near perfect win condition every time. Um, but the real drawback is the amount of time that it 
plays through these animations as it goes through and repeats all of the previous battle cries that have occurred in the game is that to play against that card is extremely unfun. Uh, you know, you, you, oh, you're sitting around takes, waiting yeah. for minutes and minutes and minutes as it's playing through. So even if you win the game, you don't necessarily feel that good about having played against that, uh, you know, kind of that deck. Mm. And it's even down to say I won every time I was up against a Shadowwalk. I feel like I'm probably better off still just conceding and trying to see if I can have a faster, more enjoyable matchup. Um, and that feels weird as well. So there's certain things around Hearthstone. I love it. I'm very hard on it because I love it. And I kind of, I just raised the question, I guess, is is Blizzard still a... Ready when, ready it's, when done. it's ready. Uh, or is it a, you know, just a, a, a very good, but the same as a many other games companies where they want to <laughs> hit their dates you know, Hearthstone, we get regular expansions throughout the year. And I know they're working ahead of time, but uh, and they don't give yeah. upfront fixed dates. You know, they say, hey, it's going to be out sometime mid-April. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I wonder if yeah, they I, hold I think, it back. I, I think in uh, the case of Hearthstone is maybe a little bit uh, peculiar in the company because they do, uh, you're right, they do have a schedule. And um, it's not precise, but they do release three expansions a year now. And they can't put out the first one in, you know, June because then the other two are compressed. So there might be a little bit of that, I guess. Um Especially since in this expansion, they might have gone a little bit crazy with very different um, mechanics. So I wonder, I haven't played it myself, so I don't know, but I wonder if maybe they're not going to take as a lesson from this release. And there are lessons in every time you do anything in any activity, but especially gaming, uh, game companies, maybe they're going to think, all right, let's introduce less new um, ideas and concepts into the game at one time so that we have time to, to test all of them properly. Um, but I guess that's the, the that lesson would be a bad that they... thing, I guess, as well. Because obviously, I love all the new things as right, well. Right, it's right, just yeah. you know, it's that it's that sort of thing where I don't know if it is an achievable or solvable problem mm. in terms of it's you know, I, I don't think putting you know, employing more people, more testers, you can never actually be one hundred percent with these things anyway. Um, I just, I just again, just wondering if if the if the statement holds true still with Blizzard or if they have moved on post hearthstone to being a uh, a less precious company mm. because think, they have so many more releases coming out all the time maybe i mean i think again hearthstone is kind of a special case but my impression with everything else that they do is that it's still inc like if you look at the games blizzard puts out, puts out and the games other companies put put out it's so polished when it's a blizzard title except maybe for <laughs> witchwood which I, we'll have to see if that kind of experience repeats that that kind of uh uh yeah experience happens again but everything else i play overwatch all the time uh you know heroes is incredibly polished uh wow is always not perfect obviously but it's never been perfect um so yeah i don't know but i think it's still when people are very much into one thing they might start seeing all of the faults and maybe that's what's happening here and maybe so. there are I more i think so and equally what, what they have said is they're going to look at like shutterbox they said you right, know right. We're, we're looking at how it plays over the weekend and we'll yeah. do it my worry is is they often look at their private internal stats and be like ah, you know it's got a 40 win rate it doesn't matter 
you know, and I think because it's not people are that. not going to be playing beyond the novelty. Exa- yeah. Exactly, and I think it's 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 not even it's win rate. It's how does it feel to play mm. uh, and stuff like that. And it, it, you know, we'll see. Anyway, so Witchwood, but still very good. Uh, and if you if you haven't played Hearthstone in a while, it's the beginning of a new year. So it's the year of the Raven. It means that a load of the old cards have fallen away. So it's always the best time to jump back on the bandwagon. You've got less cards as a deficit to catch up on. Um, you know, it's the cheapest time to come back <laughs> uh, and, and play the game. If only I had more time in my days and life, I would play Hearthstone and many other mm. games. But I don't. Um, the, the Witchwood cards, honestly, are so seem so fun and exciting. I, I would love to have time to play. Um, but, you know, babies and stuff and God of War and also... I got a little bit of time to play Moss, a VR game that has been uh, lauded as... It's been reviewed as one of the reasons to get a VR headset. And it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's uh, a game that, you know, I was I bought the PlayStation VR a year ago when it came out, a little bit over a year. And I tried it for a month and then I never touched it again until now. I took it out. I figured, you know it it's time to give it another try. There's been a lot of fun things that have come out and Moss is one of those games that is a system seller for VR, according to many people. And according to VR enthusiasts, I think most of all. So I tried it and it's it's good, but I have to say it's not quite the kind of... Um, system seller type of thing that i was expecting does it feel like a game or does it feel like a tech demo no it feels like a game it it feels like a game that is uh well uh, it feels like so many vr experiences feel to me like hey it's you know look at vr look you can do these things and this thing it's like yeah it's not really a game though is it Uh, but yeah it's so no it is a game but part of the fun of the game is the fact that it's in VR. And what I mean by that is that if the same game was not in VR it would be mediocre. It would not be interesting at all. But here so the way it works is you you play this uh little mouse called Quill and you kind of take her through uh, almost a diorama, like you have the environment around you. It's a platformer and and with a little bit of uh, combat. And you take her through this forest that has an enchanted quality to it. And you take her through it in platforming and interact with her, like basically you control her and you can interact with a little bit of the environment. But the, the fun of that presentation is the fact that you are looking a little bit from above um, or three three quarters view and it's the environment is all around you so that vr aspect of it is definitely present and there is a charm to it like you can seriously you can move your head around and get closer to what you're looking at and maybe even look behind a few things you're supposed to be playing sitting down so it's Mm. not a a vr game where you're going to be moving around i think those are the best ones you know you don't you Mm. don't get as nauseous i mean there's um lola and the giant i think it's called on uh, daydream is pretty good and uh then there's uh there's trying to remember who made it um there's a it's like there's like a strategy game where again you're kind of controlling it all from looking over. Oh, the dinosaur a one. No, 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 it's uh, no. Oh, 
blimey, it's got the guys who did shoe and uh, coat sink is the okay. guys who did it. Um, and uh, that's a really good one. That's a um, Oculus exclusive. Um, so- augmented Empire. Uh, but that sort of thing where you are kind of you're looking down on a battlefield or on the on a playing field, sat down, it is very immersive because you are sat down looking down on something. Uh, and I it agree. Is, you know, it makes it so much better. And there's no motion sickness because you're not walking around uh, with the frame rate and field of vision being wrong. Uh, you know, that's what right. That's what screws you over, sadly. I agree, and I think it, this is not what bothers me in Moss. Actually, there's nothing that bothers me in Moss, or maybe the thing that is that that is lacking, I think, in that title is for me half of the VR experience is obviously being able to look around and being immersed, but the other half is having uh, controllers, you know, that are move controllers that model your hands in the game world, and that is a huge part of uh, the experience that that makes uh, games fun in VR. And this one doesn't have that. It's just a controller. You're sitting down, it's fine. But you can't interact with the world with your hands. You have to use the controller. And that is a very different type of interaction. And I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been appropriate for this game to have that kind of uh, control scheme. So I'm not saying, oh, they should do mouse with move controllers because it wouldn't make sense. But it's just... I feel like the VR experience is diminished when I don't have my hands in the game, no matter what they do, because it feels mm. less tactile, less um, yeah. controlly, and and so the conclusion of that is Moss is fun, but it's still to me, and I haven't finished it, so maybe you know after uh, a while it gets even more crazy, but I don't. I think I get a pretty good sense of what the game is. Um, it 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 doesn't do anything for people who are aren't already vr um mm. fans you know it gives them one more thing to play which is fun but it it's not gonna it, what i've heard which is oh get a vr thing to play moss because it's worth it i would disagree with that i think see for, for, for me vr still got the problem that is kind of the reason why i drive a car and not a motorcycle uh, you know, I don't want to get dressed up for the occasion. I just want to be able to use this thing to do what I want to do. Whereas with VR, I always feel like, okay, I've got to put on the headset. I've got to turn right. on all the sensors, uh, you know, put on the wrist strap so my controllers don't fly off. And, the, and equally, on top of that, I have to trust my surroundings. You know, I'm going to be, in essence, blindfolded, uh, often with headphones on so I can't really hear anything. You know, if, if my house burns down while I'm playing a <laughs> VR title, you know, it's, you'll it's, only it's know just, when you start to feel hot. Exactly. You're, it, well, you feel hot anyway, because then you, you know, I didn't get into <laughs> gaming to, to be all cardio and sweaty. Um, but, you know, with all of it, there are some experiences that are great. But I feel like VR is always held back by uh, its cost. And it's just the amount of involvement there is in just it's, it doesn't feel like there's uh, it's as kind of frictionless as it could be right, in terms right. of enjoying that. Well, However, yeah, I have that, been some that VR calm, arcades, but, um, and those hmm. are really good. And I think having going to an arcade, sitting on a big fake, you know, uh, Tron bike, putting on the headset and then racing around in Tron hmm. is really cool. Uh, and it's something you would never do at home because you're not going to have a huge Tron bike. <laughs> but some arcades, might, but... well, maybe, exactly. They're, they're gifted amongst us. But the, the arcade side of things, I feel like VR really does shine. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, I agree. I guess the conclusion to Moss was it doesn't 
warrant that kind of getting dressed up, uh, in my opinion. Uh, no. So I was a little bit disappointed. But, but, but I, you know, I also tried a game that I didn't try before. Uh, it's a little bit older. It's uh, Robinson, The Journey. And that that made me sick. It's a little bit older. It's a year old. So they didn't master the, um, the, the, the movement to not make your inner ear explode yet. But, oh, God, anytime you move, I feel like, I mean, yeah, anytime it's I move, I feel it's, like It's something puking. like, it's, I think it's like 89 frames per second you need in mm. terms of it to feel. And then the latency. But it's not know, even that. It's the, it's the movement. You know, you're just. Moving but that's what it is, something. though. That's yeah. that's what what triggers it is the mm. fact that there's there's a delay in your movements. Uh, you move and then you move. Um, just and thinking then, about it, yeah, I'm I'm exactly. And like I said, I've done some VR roller coasters, and holy crap, do they make <laughs> you just want to hurl? Yeah. Uh, and for and they're not enjoyable at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they're that's just, the thing. Yeah. They're just nauseating. But it is one of those things. The more you do it, the less you're affected by it. But at the you same know, time, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> exactly. Every time I, I do that, I remember that when I first started, started playing FPSs, uh, when I started playing Doom on my tiny 14-inch monitor by, back in, what was it, 91 or 92 or something, I was, after 10 minutes, I wanted to puke. And now, mm. obviously, I'm very used to it. So maybe it will. <laughs> now I it. barely ever throw up when playing <laughs> FPSs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. On very rare occasions. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to more smaller tidbits of news. Uh, first, we didn't talk about this because we were out the previous episode, but uh, Spider-Man is coming out September 7th. So mm. that's a little bit uh, earlier than I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. Special and that's why you. they're releasing it, obviously, as a present to really? me. I really like the look of this game. I think it looks like it could be a lot of fun, but I've not played it. So I think, you know... Any. I'm a little bit concerned about the movement in the game. Like the the demos, they the trailers they've shown with uh, swinging through the city as the webbed crawler is is it the webbed crawler? It's web crawler, yeah, web yeah, crawler, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it, he's webbed as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the it, it felt a little bit too fast, or I don't know. It, it felt a little bit weird, but I'm still very excited for the game. I think that's a, uh, a huge potential for. It's been a long having... time since we've had a, a, a Spider-Man game, let alone a good one. Uh, and I, I've I've always had fantastic experiences in the in the early Spider-Man games. You know, they were they were just so much fun. Um, regardless of how kind of perfect they'll be. Right. The only thing that makes this less exciting for me is the fact it's not MCU Spider-Man. You know, right. I would love to have uh, the whole gang there uh, from the movies, but, you know, it's still very exciting. I'd love to as well, but I think if the choice is, it becomes so complicated uh, mm. that I think, it, like, a, a well-done MCU game would be awesome, but I think I'd rather have a uh well done non-mcu canon game than a you know yeah. problematic mcu game but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the the other thing about the release date uh, again it's very surprising that it ca- it's coming out so early i was convinced it was going to get pushed to next year which by the way might mean that next year we might see the last of us part two i i Still, you know, I'm not sure, but given how fast they're putting out these massive games that they have uh, at Sony, and those are both first-party games, I actually no, it's in Insomniac first. Uh, yeah, yeah, for for Spider-Man, but it's still an exclusive. Um, I, I'm thinking for next year they might have The Last of Us too, if possible. But anyway, 
the other they interesting do have, thing sorry they do have the infinity war iron spider suit apparently in the game that has been confirmed so i can still pretend okay. right like i'm like in an is, mcu yeah. game Nice. Well, and, and it's it's older Peter Parker, so maybe it's the MCU Peter Parker from oh, you know, just, 10 yeah, years from big, now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, maybe. Good shout, good shout. Um, so yeah, it's coming out on the 7th of, of September. And the really inter interesting thing, um, we have Dragon Quest XI that's coming out to the West on the 4th of September. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider coming out of the, on the 14th. Um, Spyro Reignited, which is not as big a game, but still it's coming out on the 21st. And what's really interesting is that they are all uh, trying to stay away from Red Dead Redemption 2, which is coming yeah. out in October. Well, um, it'll, be, it'll get pushed again. It's, it's, it's rock I don't star. think so. It has a date now. Yeah, but it's Rockstar. They don't care. <laughs> they 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 know that they can just do whatever they want and we'll still buy it all and just, you know, they can take a big dump on our faces and we'll be like, yeah, thanks, Rockstar. I'm sure they, when it, yeah, they could. When it comes out, holy moly. It's, but I uh, think... I, I think they're what they want is to put it out in October. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, true. Uh, so one thing I saw for Spyro, which uh, was was interesting, is they were they were hiring for someone with multiplayer uh, kind of netcode experience and stuff. Yeah. Um, even while and we're specifically talking about Spyro as well. So it'd be really cool if not only do we get a remastered Spyro, but then you know new modes could be in there. But maybe maybe not. But, uh, you know, who knows? Hey, who cares is more my question. <laughs> really. I mean, I understand like the Spyro. The, yeah, but Good it's one. I mean, we were surprised about the uh, the Crash Bandicoot insane trilogy um, and it sold really well. I don't. I, and I think they're trying to replicate this with with Spyro. Mm -hmm. I don't. Maybe it's just it wasn't my thing, but I don't see it selling incredibly well, Spyro. So I, I don't think they can cap. It's maybe they will. I don't know. Will will you like? Are you excited about the Spyro trilogy? I'm not a big Spyro fan. There you go. That's what but, I hear. Uh, like there are a couple know, of these, people who I, are I'm, super I'm, vocal I'm about sure it. I'm sure there's exactly. I'm sure there's a lots of people who love yeah. Spyro. So we will see. All right. So will you buy a Sega Mega Drive Mini? That was. I think it's only in no. Japan now. But no. Okay. No. I, I mean, I had the Mega Drive uh, back when it was a full sized uh, games console. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a great, great thing. I had some fantastic experiences, but I don't like to get involved in the nostalgic revisits. Of oh, so tech. you didn't get Nintendo minis? No, no. Cause the thing is, is they're fun for like two hours and then you're mm. like, oh, okay. And, and it's, you know, just for me, I just, yeah, you know, I'd much rather, you know, play a, 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 a new current, game. Yeah. Than, a current game, yeah. One that I actually remember better than what it actually is. Right. Right. I think, I mean, it's going to sell, but I think they don't expect it to sell as well as the Nintendo versions, uh, the Nintendo minis. It's just like, let's get in on this and sell a few tens of thousands of copies and, and uh, of units. And that will make a little bit of money and why not? But I think that's how they, they're uh, coming at it. Um, and the other thing is Shenmue and Shenmue 2 are coming to PC, uh, Xbox One, mm. and, P and uh, PlayStation 4. So, I mean, it's a compilation for both games. Um, maybe they're trying to ride the hype of Shenmue 3, which is quickly <laughs> descending into horror, if you ask me. But um, yeah, I played Shenmue 1 back in the day uh, as... As interesting as it was when it released, because it was uh, design-wise really innovative, 
I really feel like it hasn't aged well at all, and I'm not sure many people will enjoy it. But if you, if you want to, you can, can give it Check a try. Check it out. Lawbreakers Studio, Bosky Productions, um, has announced that they were shutting down Lawbreakers, basically, because it, quote-unquote, didn't find its uh, its audience, which I think is fair to say. Uh, it basically has a mis- had the misfortune of coming out at the same time as Overwatch, and there were many games that came out at the mm. same time and that didn't do Plus well. Plus, it's called Lawbreakers, which for me, I can't hear without thinking of Matthew McConaughey in Magic Mike. Yeah, I see a lot of lawbreakers out here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe people had a different uh, expectation of that game. Yeah, I was expecting Magic Mike. I was expecting all these, you know, kind of topless men dancing around. None well, of that. You can, you can. Well, I'm sure that. you can still get some of that somewhere on on the internet. Well, uh, and uh, but they're already out with a new game, um, which. When I heard, basically it was three days before they announced their new game, which is already available in early, early, early access, by the way. Um, when I heard they were still working on stuff, I was like, yeah, it's Cliff Lezinski. They're, he has to keep doing stuff, obviously. Uh, good on him to, you know, shut down full low breakers, but keep the team going and doing some other stuff. And then they got the uh, the trailer out for, what's it called? Radical Heights? And I was like, first of all, what am I looking at? It feels like, is it like some kind of weird 80s BMX game is the first impression I had. And it turns out it's a, obviously a battle royale game with a little bit of a twist. But it's got this campy 80s neon look, which I think doesn't work at all. And it feels, you know, it's it's... There is a way of doing 80s camp well and making it fun. I think this is just campy and not good looking at all. The game itself is so early access, you don't have textures on many of the um, surfaces. You you get like it's four or five months of work by the, their, their own um, uh, admission. Estimations, yeah, I don't think it's... Uh... <sighs> I, I'm not yeah. sure that's a that's a good move. Maybe they're going to capture something, and maybe they were thinking, you know, battle royale. We need to get in on this now. But I don't. I went from yay Cliff Lazinski to wait. What? What are you doing now? Ugh, that yeah. doesn't seem right. I, I'm 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 of the opinion that uh, Cliffy B has some fantastic talent, um, but it's it's not that everything he craps out is going to be gold. Mm. Um, and I think that with Lawbreakers, had they pivoted like you saw Fortnite do, you know, Fortnite was a, a horde survival game uh, that then was like, oh, hang on, this other game mode is super fun. We should do one of those. And then, you know, is now making ridiculous money. Um, Lawbreakers have... millions in less than a millions, month. Isn't it release, a day? Yeah. 50 million a day or something, isn't it? Oh, I think that was the 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 oh. week like since oh, the right. release uh, two weeks ago. Oh, I see. But I'm okay. sure. Yeah, I mean, it was still being launched, basically. So it's. Um, it's I mean, it's it's incredible. The yeah. um, I was the, the I was at the um, was the video posted. game Baftas uh, last week, and I was chatting to um, Brendan Green, player unknown, um, and uh, we were chatting about um, their mobile kind of version of the game and stuff, and how impressive that is actually in terms of what they've managed to achieve 
uh, from a, a mobile perspective, gameplay wise, it plays really tight. It's really fun. It's really, really smart. Fortnite uh, did what I thought was impossible in that if you buy something on the mobile app, you unlock it on Xbox and PlayStation and PC as well. Right. And so what uh, Epic have done in terms of a publisher deal, like, I don't know. I don't know if they've just not been super greedy or what it is, but you know, this, these are the same platform holders that mean that I can't play my Diablo three characters on Xbox that I play on Battle.net on PC. Well, it's not, it's like not cross play. It's just cross. No, no, but the item exactly. Like if you, if you buy it on one, you've got right, it on right, all. Yeah. And that's incredible. Yeah, I just think no, I that agree. that that's is really such good. an accessible thing. And that's what Fortnite is the new Minecraft in that Minecraft, like people used to tar us uh, Yogscast. They'd say, oh, yeah, Yogs, you're like the you like Minecraft kids entertainers. And it's like, no, you know, when we played Minecraft, it was a really kind of uh, a really geeky uh, indie game that was super complicated to play and set up and all these things, you know, setting up a server. You had to be like a, a software engineer just to get one running. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then it that sort of accessibility gap that then all the kids jumped on board and it became this huge runaway success mm. uh fortnite is at that uh, inflection point already whereby all the kids are playing it people who don't play computer games are playing fortnite and it's it's bigger than anything and will continue to be bigger than anything until something else comes along to 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 usurp it but all yeah. those kids who were playing minecraft they're playing fortnite and I've, it's I- money I've uh, I can't remember who who was saying this, but I've had the same experience. PUBG was huge in the gaming circles, and everyone was talking about it. It was obviously and still mm. is a massive game. Yeah, Fortnite. I have people who don't really know about games who start talking to me about them about Fortnite. There, you know, like my chiropractor is like uh, hey have you have you heard about that Fortnite game? Is it good? Like I want to get an invite on my mobile and i was like hey i have an invite i yeah. can send it to you <laughs> and, and and it's like like it's happened to me maybe two or three times over the course of a, a few weeks that people who never talk about video games talk about fortnite so yeah i mean between the availability everywhere and mobile and free to play and yeah it's uh i mean we talked about it last episode um it's it's doing it's doing very it's doing, well and even yeah. then if you go on twitch you know fortnite's the number one stream game Right. Uh, you know, currently at the time of streaming, it's got uh, about a hundred thousand people watching it. Uh, Player Unknowns has seventy thousand people. Yeah. Um, you know, Player Unknowns is still doing really well, and it's just a different type of person is playing that game. You know, it's more visceral. It's a premium price title. You know, it's it's not in any way to say that you know Fortnite did you know Battle Royale better than the guys who popularized Battle Royale. It's just they made the the Diet Coke that everyone around the world is enjoying um so uh, yeah just just super exciting to, to to see that uh and equally just to see mobile versions get so good like, i'm amazed how good mobile games are getting <laughs> like we just need better interfaces but even then they're doing so well i'm yeah. amazed uh so yeah lawbreakers not around and uh, radical heights i suspect is not gonna meet success but who knows i might be wrong i wish i'm gonna be wrong because Cliff Blazinski uh, deserves a break or another break. It's, he's had a few breaks already. Uh, 
No Man's Sky, oh, Overkill's The Walking Dead is coming at some point. And uh, they did this thing where the, um, so Overkill's The Walking Dead is a Walking Dead game that is apparently done by a company that knows what it's doing and that is going to do an actual proper good game. And they made a character trailer um, that, gave me chills but might have nothing to do with the game itself it seems the game is going to be kind of a left for dead type uh, experience which i'm very hungry for and the walking dead is obviously perfect for that kind of um experience they might have to take a little bit of liberty with the the infected with the the zombies because if it, if they're just only walking slowly as they are in the in the comic and the move the the tv show it might be a little bit boring but um that character trailer hit all the right notes and put it back on the map for me it was announced like so long ago people are forgetting about it but um i think it has the opportunity to be a cool game even though the walking dead is not so hot anymore um so yeah we'll see what happens there uh what sorry what i said time will tell time will tell and you know what time will tell as well if no man's no man's sky next update is gonna be good so the game is heading uh to xbox one it's losing its ps4 exclusive which is probably a good thing for the xbox one because as we've joked about it the xbox doesn't have a huge amount of uh uh titles available so there you go that's another one but it's apparently going to be including a massive update uh coming soon it's been teased by the studio and um i'm very curious to see what they're going to do with that game because it's already evolved so much since release where it was incredibly disappointing mm -hmm. uh, at release but it's changed a lot already, and they have another massive update scheduled, so I'm curious to see and hear what they do with that update. So I'll be following that closely. Um, there, there needs to be someone out there who is going to go back and really review and feature these games that were just absolute stinkers at launch but have evolved into fantastic games. Mm. And I think you know, Rainbow Six Siege is the kind of the classic example of a game that when it came out didn't work, was a complete letdown, but now, holy moly, what an amazing game experience. Like, I would play that game, if, if I just had that one game to play from here on out, I think I'd be okay. Like, it is, it is exceptional. It is really great. And if you told me, you know, that was, oh, this was the terrible one? What? Uh, and then, you know, we've seen it with uh, Destiny when it came out, had no content. At the end, it was great. Uh, the Division came out terrible now really solid I wouldn't say terrible um, but okay. but yeah just not not as good as it should have been but mm. now really really good uh and you know destiny 2 i don't know give it another six months uh, maybe that's going to be really solid as well um i think it'd be interesting to see these games that are coming out too soon uh but ultimately are worth that second look uh, so yeah, but that's that's actually a pretty difficult problem for the press for reviewers it's once you've uh reviewed a game then it's reviewed do you go and update well, it I think and, if, if, exactly and, if it's had substantial updates you can go back in and be like okay well previously revise I your review, points yeah. because of this but the game today is at this standard i think that would be great i think that I should think, yeah. be something people do more and and um, some some yeah. are doing this already i think uh, uh I mean, that's something that, that journalists struggle with for they have been for a few years now and some of them do go back and re-review games and say, you know, well, the game has changed and here is what it is now. It does happen. Um, 
but yeah, so it's it's something that should happen a little bit more, I think, and we're seeing more and more uh, examples, you're right, where games that might not have been great when they launched, and that's too bad for people who bought them when they launched, but uh, become a lot better afterwards, and we'll mm. see what happens with No Man's Sky. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands is also getting another season of free content, which kind of whatever a little bit but there's a splinter cells mission mm. basically sam fisher going in there which might indicate that maybe there's a splinter cell coming which is Ooh. very exciting for a lot Chance. of people the what i said perchance it's very yeah, yeah maybe mm. yeah, possible exciting. i went and and uh, downloaded uh wildlands over the weekend because there was a free weekend and figured hey i'm gonna give it a try and it was kind of acceptable fun and then i tried to go online and and play a co-op mission because it's all <laughs> about play co-op and it's not that you know so i i it's i did the matchmaking thing and got teleported into so i had started like played for half an hour or something and figured all right let's let's see what happens if i matchmake and play co-op and so i got i found a match got teleported somewhere and all of a sudden it was like night i was in the jungle and there was one other person running around in circles around me in the squad. And then I hear a kind of like, you know, a scope going and I explode. And just before I explode, I could see the, the three laser pointers of the predator pointing at me. Uh -oh. And and it just killed me. And you know, there's so I realized there's this predator uh, mission that's been added that fits perfectly well in the tone of that thing, which is really fun. But getting thrown into it like this was not a fun experience. And it was like, I do not understand what's happening here. Then I came back to my previous mission, but I was still in the same place. And I was like, you know, 10 kilometers away from the place as I, the place I had to go. And I was alone in the desert. And I guess like, not the desert, the, the jungle. I guess I could have uh, uh, quick traveled or something, but it was very confusing, a very confusing experience. So... I don't know how I feel about Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, but if it's your game, more free content coming uh, already now. So good for, you know, sometimes games as a service are really good. And yeah. I, I I appreciate that. I know that there are some people who think, oh, games as a service, they want to monetize you until the end of times. And I'm like, yeah. But Man, I'd still be playing Diablo 3 if we hadn't yeah, you know, exactly, lost it all. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> I want them to monetize me. Give me more of the game. But anyway. Um, Shadow of War is getting rid of microtransactions, which is an interesting one because um, they have loot boxes in that game. And yep. I've said since last year, it was one of my games of the year. Absolutely loved the game. And I've said since the beginning... The loot boxes are not a problem in that game because you don't need them. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing in uh, that move is that people didn't buy them because if they were buying them, they wouldn't get rid of the exactly. loot boxes. Exactly, yeah. The, the, and so they got all the stigma for having these war chests in there mm. uh, without actually making substantial enough money to to counter it, I guess. Um, yeah. Fantastic game. If you get the... There's a... there's been a bit of dlc since uh, its launch as well with more campaign and all the rest it is uh very 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 good yeah i really love it so i i this as i've heard uh, here and there might signal the arrival of a uh game of the year edition and they're also reworking the end game uh mode the shadow war which 
again, I've mentioned a few times, is a flawed design. Not necessarily the loot boxes are a problem, but the design of the end game is flawed because it's a little bit too monotone and repetitive. So they're doing changes there, which I'm really excited about uh, because it might get me to revisit that game if I ever find time to you know, revisit <laughs> old games. Um, because the Shadow War mode is a great idea, just poorly executed. So if they correct it, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good uh, thing for the game. And as it is, I think it's an easy recommend for me. So it might be an even easiest recommend uh, with those changes. Uh, Final Fantasy XV is getting more episodes. So that was basically our game as a service uh, section. <laughs> there's, there's lots of stuff coming for every good game or every big game uh, from the past year. And I think that's good. And finally, Steam Spy is dead. Mm. Long live, not long live so, Steam Spy. Yeah. So Valve, Valve got a bit uh, twitchy about uh, privacy, uh, kind of post uh, Zuckerberg robot uh facebook everyone kind of yeah everyone kind of getting getting hot on how much data is made public about uh people's accounts and their activities and things like that so they've decided that that uh should be an opt-in feature rather than default Um, when you say that it's the uh public profile of your steam account so what games you're playing and all of that exactly uh so what it means is that people have to manually do that steam spy then loses its ability to scrape uh, loads of public data to kind of gauge, okay, because it, it had to do a lot of inferring anyway, but was pretty close. You know, if it said this game's selling well, it's selling well. Um, and so it was a really useful tool for game developers, uh, you know, in terms of just seeing kind of what your kind of competition was up to in terms of, oh, maybe we should be doing, look at how well all these uh, TCGs are doing. We should We should build a card game. Or we should do this, or or actually, you know what? I don't think many people did buy that in the end. I think we should probably rethink about going too far down this route. Um, so it gave a, a kind of a, a feature which I don't really feel many in the industry were, were that upset about. Um, but obviously, you know, Steam and Valve they have to focus on. You know, are they going to get pulled in front of Congress and yeah, asked exactly. about you know kind of things that Congress doesn't understand? Uh, you know, it, it, I I understand why they've done it. It's just, um, yeah, it's a shame because th- that's used by a lot of different services out there to kind of uh, find things out about gamers, you know, even with their permission. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's a shame Steam Spy is being left up as a kind of repository. Um, it's unlikely that uh, there is a way around it or a way for them to kind of come back or anyone to do anything that has any form of meaningful information with it. Yeah, it's too bad, but as you said, like the privacy issue is so pressing now that it's completely understandable that Valve would make that move. And I think they're probably not too unhappy about the fact that it also means Steam Spy can't scrape, efficiently scrape the information anymore. So, um, but yeah, it it's not surprising that they... Yeah, it's funny, like Valve, choice. for example, were, were okay with it existing. They didn't want Steam Spy to have display advertising. So, um, there was no, um, you know, they would have shut off their API access if they'd put adverts on the site. Um, they did allow Steam Spy to have a Patreon, um, and they were okay with a community supporting it. Um, but it was interesting to see that they would, you know, like kind of where they deem the lines of acceptability. Mm. Oh, and by the way, you will also soon be able to appear online, uh, appear offline, I mean. Offline. 
uh, in Steam. So everyone's getting to it finally. Because yeah, because currently you you can be offline and you have your right. friend list offline, but you can't see. You know, it's kind of like, well, if you don't want to be seen, you can't see who is on. Exactly. Uh, but now they're now they're saying like, okay, cool, yeah, you can be invisible, and you can see who's online. So then you, I, Patrick, I can't believe you've been playing a game this whole time. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, how do you know? Oh, yeah, so I have been playing a game as well. So. And uh, and yeah, and I guess that is also um, it has to do maybe a little bit with privacy, although that's just for your friends list. So um, yeah. yeah. All right, and that's gonna be it for our episode uh, today. Thank you so much. Mark Thank you. Turpin for have, being on I've the show. I've had a pleasure. It's always it's always a pleasure to spend uh, a brief period of time talking with you oh, about our you. favorite things, me and video games. <laughs> so, well, if people want to hear you talk about yourself a little bit more, where would they go? Uh, you head on over to Twitter. Uh, I'm the underscore T, uh, and uh, I tweet about great things all the time. So, for example, uh, what have I tweeted about today? Uh, I did a great Witchwood tweet. I said uh, missed opportunities for Hearthstone uh, Witchwood expansion. Baku, who is a card that um, you have to have only odd cards in the deck. I said uh, at the start of the game should say the odds are against you now. That's out of that. And uh, that Gen Greymane, who's a card that means you only have evens, should say time to even the score. Um, and uh, so far, uh, Blizzard's uh, failed to respond to my demands that that be put in the game. But who That's knows? That's a shame. You can, you can find out. If they do, if you follow me over on Twitter, uh, just the underscore T. Perfect. I'm not Patrick on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, not Patrick as well over there. And you can find the show and the comments and the notes at frenchspin.com along with another show called The Phileas Club where we talk about world news all the time uh, and get people from different places to tell us how they think what they think about what's happening in the world so you get different perspectives i think that's a pretty interesting yeah thing I'm, ex I'm excited do you think there's going to be a world war three well i'm not sure but we'll ask our guests on the next episode and you'll have a Tune sure in. answer um and that's it we'll be back uh i maybe i'll try to do a god of war special as i said because well if it doesn't show if the if the episode doesn't show up, it's either that I'm too busy playing the game or that I'm super disappointed and don't want to think about it anymore. So tell me what you thought. I what you're, Tell me your guess on Twitter. I'm not Patrick. And we'll talk to you whatever happens in the next episode in about a couple of weeks, Max. Talk to you then. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 